Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership, a podcast series that dives into the energy, financial, government, healthcare, manufacturing, and retail industries. The IDC team will discuss hot topics and provide insightful, fact-based research and strategies to help your organization become truly resilient. Presented by IDC on the Voice America Business Channel. And now, here's our host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, producer and host. So happy to be here with another set of experts, analysts from IDC. Let me give you a little introduction to our topic. And by the way, this is the first of three weekly podcasts on our new topic. So let me tell you, by 2022... 40% of cities will use digital space planning tools such as digital twins to speed socioeconomic recovery from COVID-19. Oh, we're hoping and hoping and ensure the safe movement of people, goods and services. Today, the IDC Government Insights team, and I'm going to name all five of them you're going to be hearing from today and in the next two weeks. Ruth B. Yesner, Matthew Ledger. Adelaide O'Brien, Dr. Allison Brooks, and Kurt Savoy, or he said I could pronounce it Savoy, will share their insights on becoming digitally resilient in government and smart cities. So today our topic is responding to disruption in higher education in the U.S. I'm joined for this podcast by IDC's Ruth B. Yesner. Ruth, for, Ruth B. for the podcast video wave. There she is. And Matthew Ledger and Matt. He told me I call him Matt. That's what I'm going to do. They're going to be discussing the changing values of degrees, we're talking about education degrees, on-site and on-campus learning, and the rising costs and decreasing enrollment currently going on in education. So this is Becoming Digitally Resilient in Government and Smart Cities. Welcome, Ruth B. Yesner. Welcome, Matt Ledger. Ruth B., do me the honor, please, of introducing yourself to our listeners and eventually our viewers. Ruth B., go ahead. Sure. Thanks, Bonnie D. I'm Ruth B. Yesner. I'm the Vice President of IDC's Government Insights, Education, and Smart Cities and Communities Practice. And what we do there is a lot of research and advisory services really looking at emerging technologies that are essential for digital transformation for government and education institutions. Um, It's a topic I'm really passionate about. Um, I have a passion for technology in public good. I actually have a social services degree, a social work degree, which I which I was in state social services before I ended up in Silicon Valley. So that's really what led me here, um, just really thinking about how we can apply technology for cities, for urban innovation, and also for campuses and higher education institutions, which are really like little mini cities themselves. Thank you, Ruth B. And, and our topic is so important because... Jobs are changing, the workforce is changing, how we work, who works, where we work, what we work at, how we enjoy our work is all a big topic today for every industry, every company around the world. So education becomes an important part of that transformation, if you will. Matt Ledger, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Thank you, Bonnie D. Uh, so Matt Ledger here. If you want to use the French pronunciation, it's Ligier. Uh, we're, I'm a research manager on IDC's Government Insights team. I started here in uh, April, so still relatively new. Um, I'm responsible for overseeing our worldwide education digital transformation strategies practice, so that covers all things digital transformation in K-12 and higher ed. Uh, I'm personally extremely passionate about education, not to be cliche about it, but I, I truly, truly am. I really refer to myself as a lifelong learner. 
I got my bachelor's and master's degree at the same time at the same university. I took six classes per semester because I'm a little bit insane. Um, I genuinely, genuinely enjoy education and I would be in school for my entire life if I really could. Um, Also, you know, I really recently became a father about 10 months ago. And I really, really am interested in thinking about what education is going to look like for my daughter when she, you know, becomes of age and starts entering K-12 and to play a part at this stage in history where education is changing so much and what it's going to look like five, 10 years from now. I don't think anyone has the answer. I'm really passionate about being a part of finding that out. And so that's why I'm here today. Thank you. A thoughtful dad looking at, I've never heard a new dad say that before. Matt Legere. I've never heard anybody say that before. Bravo to you. Your daughter is, is lucky to have you as her dad. So there you go. Let's dive into our topic. But first, I have asked Ruth B. Yester, who is our lead on this topic, to send me a movie quote from a character or a character's fictional that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic. She's picked a very interesting movie. I'll read you the quote. And then Ruth B. will spend a couple minutes telling us how, in her opinion, the quote does apply to the topic. So the quote is from the movie Be Cool, 2005 American crime comedy. I love when they combine genres like that. Based on Elmore Leonard's novel of the same name, and it's a sequel to a movie I think everybody's heard of, the 1990 Get Shorty. Here is the quote. Danny DeVito, famed A-list Hollywood actor, plays Martin Weir. Hey, Chili, is that your car? And Chili Palmer, played by John Travolta, a mobster, loan shark, and film buff. He says, yeah, it's an insight. It's the Cadillac of hybrids. Martin says, a little tight for a big guy like you. And Chili says, small price to pay for the environment. Ruth B., I hope I didn't murder that quote, but talk to me. <laughs> How good. in the world did you find this sequence? <laughs> Re- regale us. What does it have to do with our topic? Go ahead. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, it's really interesting. So this little interaction takes place in a street in LA, you know, the hippest place. And it's, uh, you know, these are folks that are involved in entertainment industry. And here's this mobster, Chili Palmer. And, you know, he's John Travolta. He's a big guy. And he's got this little unhip car. And remember, this was 2005. And so it just made me think, thinking about all that we're dealing with around resiliency and sustainability in higher education. And it made me think, look, no one is too cool to pay a price for sustainability and resiliency. So I liked when he said, uh, you know, small price for the environment. And so to me, that applies to this larger context that we've really been talking a lot about. Matt and I have been doing a lot of research around this, which is around disruptions And obviously, the pandemic was a perfect example of a large-scale disruption, but we also see so many disruptions happening with severe weather events, more frequent, more severe, uh, you know, climate-related events, Uh, cybersecurity incidents have really plagued uh, higher education. And so, this ties in to think about, you know, what's the price that colleges and universities need to pay? What do they literally need to invest in? Um, to think about making themselves more resilient and sustainable and to really think about their long-term viability given all the changes that are happening with students, uh, with the environment, with what it means to be on campus or remote. And also because in the context of learning and content and teaching, this is a really important issue to students. So um, that's sort of what made me think of the quote, if that makes any sense at all. 
<laughs> it it does. I don't even think it's a stretch. Matt, what did you think of her quote? I see you. Well, it, it's appropriate for what you said about planning ahead, thinking about it. what will education be when your daughter, who's just very young now, gets to that age? Will there be a preschool? Will there be a kindergarten? Where will it be? Will it be in a classroom? Matt, talk about her quote. We weren't planning to do this, but I think it's really interesting. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I saw her quote ahead of time, and I actually thought she was going to go a different direction. I thought we were going to talk about hy- hybrid learning. That's like, you know, a big ah. part of our core research. And, and, and I thought, you know, that, that that tied into the whole sustainability piece and, and resiliency. Um, but yeah, I mean, the world of education, like every other industry right now, has been completely flipped on its head. Um, you know, we're making a lot of investments. A lot of change has happened in two years. But I don't think we're anywhere near close to that change being over. It's just, it's going to be a constant evolution for education institutions, K-12, all the way up to higher ed. Um, I think that there's a really important thing happening right now where, you know, particularly in higher ed, for example, as we're leaning in that direction, their role in society is is changing, right? We thought for a very long time that higher ed was the place to go to advance in your career, to to get better jobs and to move up in the world. Um, a lot of people are starting to question the value of degrees, right? They're really starting to say, do I actually need to spend $100,000 getting a bachelor's or can I get a certificate from IBM through Coursera, uh, which is an online learning provider where maybe I can get a job quicker that pays pretty decently in six months from now instead of four years or six years or whatever it takes to get your degree, Right. Um, and so that's the first piece is a lot of it, you know, they're thinking, what investments do I need to make to be competitive, to be relevant in this modern world of work that we're currently dealing with? Um, and then also from a sustainability piece, I think higher ed has a really important role to play, um, you know, or excuse me, resilience, I should say, uh, for not just their own institutions, but for all of us, right? Um, we are constantly going through in our own jobs needing to develop new skills, needing to find ways to move up and higher education institutions need to find new business models to be able to serve that need for us to be learning constantly. Um, and so it's just going to be a constant back and forth on both ends. And, and I think Ruthie is right on the mark. Absolutely. And with uh, two points you said, Matt, one you said, uh, one of you said a degree to cost a hundred thousand, I was going to say, are you sure that's all it costs today? Seriously? Yeah, 200000 <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Matt, I can see him shaking and saying, what? This is what I'm going to have to do for my child. The other thing is that we do see online learning. We see free education. Does anybody want to talk about MOOCs here for a second? I know that Sal Khan, the Khan Academy Free Online Education, had a birthday last week, and everybody was interviewing him for one reason or another. And I know that there are some schools in New York City that are starting courses, degrees in creativity and entrepreneurship. How do you get kids to think outside the box? Kids sometimes in underserved neighborhoods, Ruth B and Matt, who don't have access to really good educational opportunities or the motivation to go for what we're calling expensive higher ed. What are they going to do? Maybe they have great ideas for businesses. So let's just the whole theme here is that education is changing sometimes for the good, sometimes eh, for the eh, and sometimes for the not good. Let's spend a yeah. couple more minutes back and forth. Ruth B., talk to me. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, first of all, I have to say, I love that Matt 
thought I was going to go talking about hybrid first education because that is something I wanted to talk about, but I hadn't related related it to my quote. So I think, though, what you're talking about is exactly this, and this is something that Matt has been really researching quite a bit, which is around, you know, and it does apply to MOOCs, which we can talk about as well, but it's this concept of hybrid, hybrid education, hybrid first learning. And I think first we have to start out and say, you know, from the pandemic, uh, education, K-12 higher ed, was, I think, one of the most transformed industries from the pandemic. And I think this is one of the industries where the changes made are actually going to stay to a degree, and they'll really impact teaching and learning for the future. And so I think, you know, when we're talking about the financial costs, and we're talking about, you know, access to amazing courses like innovation and all these things that we can do from hybrid learning and online learning, there's really a tremendous um, context around implications that we need to think about. So if remote and hybrid work is sort of a response to all the disruption that's happening, what are the implications we need to think about around equity? So for example, the financial equity, can people afford the broadband to learn at home? Um, Can they afford the devices? The social equity, um, can parents help their kids at home learn? Do they have the digital literacy to do so? And technical, right? Are there capabilities of these schools to actually use these technologies and offerings? And then secondly, how do we base, you know, balance out other issues around using technology so heavily? So how do we balance out the need that people, you know, people and kids need to learn how to engage with each other in person? They need to know about social interaction. We need to keep them engaged with hands-on learning. They need to learn fine motor skills, right? They need to be doing puzzles and other things when they're younger. And they need to continue that, you know, in engineering and science later in the classroom. So, you know, a lot of implications around this hybrid first education and response. A lot of considerations around the use of space, which I think also ties into this concept of hybrid. You know, what we're doing around energy use and water use and crowding and space on campuses and what technologies are we using to support, you know, better use and better sustainability on campus. And then lastly, you know, what I was saying earlier, what are we teaching about this? What is the content and what are the important skills that we're going to teach? One of them maybe, as you said, um, around innovation and creativity. Other things that we know are really needed is around data management, analytics, artificial intelligence, and some of these really important IT skills. Um, The other thing is the passion that students have around sustainability and the environment. And so how are we kind of addressing all of those things within the context of a really, really disrupted industry and one that I think has a lot of financial implications. And I'll stop now and let Matt respond, but I wanted to say one story, which was I I had twins. And we went when they were a year to a financial planner and said, you know, we want to start planning for their future. Um, We want to think about what we need to invest. And the financial planner said, okay, if you want to send them um, at no cost to a state school when they graduate, you should save $1,000 per child per month starting now. And of course, who could head $2,000 extra per month at that point in time to save for you know, kids' education. So I think we're really facing a lot of issues in that area. Ruth B., thank you. I'm glad you added that in. I, I think Matt just got very nervous. Matt, I can give you 30 <laughs> seconds for a comment back, and then we're going to wrap up. This is really an interesting conversation. Matt, go ahead. 30 seconds. What do you got? 
Yeah, I'm very close to going and, you know, meeting with a financial planner myself for the very same reason. My heart just dropped into my stomach hearing that because I don't have an extra 2000 a month, you know, and it's probably going to be 2000 for one student now, right? And then, you, you know, if we keep going on this trend, um, you know, just tying all those things together, I think all the right pressures are in place. You know, I'm a believer in some respect and, you know, how free markets work. And I think that higher education is facing the right pressures right now to change the way that we need them to, right? You have these MOOCs that are either free or low cost. You have Google career certificates, right? Where you can just learn directly from Google and a skill that they need like $40 a month. And in six months, you'll be able to have the employable skills that you need to get a job in that field. Um, You have what we're dealing with right now with, you know, the cost I'm dealing with student loans and will probably for the next 15, 20 years. Um, all the right pressures are in place where higher education will evolve and adapt. And, and I'm confident and, and I'm hoping to play a part in figuring out what that's supposed to look like. Uh, but I think we're moving in the right direction, hopefully. Thank you. Hoping so. I've so appreciated. Ruth B., your quote just rocked the topic. And this was, <laughs> this was great. I wasn't sure that's how it was going to go. Ruth B. Yesner, you've been on many of my other radio shows over the years. Always a pleasure. I always learn so much from you. Matt, Dad, <laughs> Ledger, 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 your daughter is lucky to have you. And the writing is on the financial wall for you. So get planning there. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off. We have so much more to talk about on this topic. Stay tuned tuned. There are so many more podcasts coming. If you have any questions or comments about this session, insights, you can all spell that at idc.com. Wave goodbye, Ruth B. Yesner and Matt. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. IDC is committed to helping IT and business leaders build the future enterprise. Email your comments and questions to insights at idc.com. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel for additional sessions with IDC. IDC.